Rock and Roll. And that's how it begins. All right. <laughs> we'll see what happens from here. You just tuned in to two morons talking about casinos and, and stuff. Indeed. We will babble about casinos, probably repeat stories, but <laughs> we are basically a storytelling podcast with conversation conversation between friends. Yeah, that's that's what you're listening to. This is for entertainment. Uh between the two of us, I think we got in the neighbor oh jeez, man, more than thirty five years experience. Yeah. I got eighteen years. Yeah. Maybe nineteen. Uh yeah, that's that's about where I'm at 18. too. Uh, I'm almost almost twenty. And uh so Jesus, we're old, if anything. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh uh, my name is uh, Spike. And uh, they call me T-Bag or The Bag. So that's that's who we are. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, who you're going to listen to. Yeah. This is our first one. So you can go back and be like, oh, my God, these guys were amazing from the start. Yeah. Or uh, they really jumped off. They really had it popping. <laughs> I think, as the kids yeah. said 10 years ago. <laughs> Is that? I don't I have even no know. Idea. I, I don't no know. I, I'm going to get an urban dictionary because I don't know what the kids are saying these yeah. days. Yeah. I have the full urban dictionary encyclopedia set <laughs> at my house. That is not a, that is not a cheap get. <laughs> no, that's, no. That's something to be really proud hard. of. It's all just scratched on like uh, newspapers and post-its. <laughs> that's what it's made up of. It's beautiful, as it should be. All right, so uh, we're we're gonna start off today telling you a little bit about who we are and where we came from, and and uh, I'm gonna start off and I'm gonna interview the the tea bag, and uh, <laughs> let's let's hear where he came from. All right, where are you from? Originally, <clears throat> I was born in Boston, Massachusetts, at Beth Israel Hospital. Um, I was taken to Cambridge, Massachusetts. I was raised there until I was 12. Then I moved to the suburbs, uh, Sudbury, Massachusetts. And then uh, I moved to <laughs> Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Did Rhode you? Island. Sweet. Isn't that where me, Wait. myself, and Irene is? No, first I went to college out in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Portland, Oregon. Uh, I lived out there for a year, went to Portland State. Uh, so you left high school and went to there? You didn't do yeah. like any community college? Right? Nope, straight 18 to uh, living by myself in a community college where basically everyone was a commuter. And when I was like, I live in the dorms, they were like, oh, they have dorms? <laughs> <laughs> one of my neighbors was uh, 45. The other one uh, was older. <laughs> it was just uh, people going back to college who didn't have kids or I, I have no idea the dorms were really weird right on hey whatever and that's then, cool it's in portland that's a pretty sweet place yeah 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 it was interesting um being very east coast moving to a very different city <laughs> portland is uh was a freak show when i was there in like 94 oh. 95 when I think of weird, those are the two places I think of was Austin and Portland. You're not wrong about Portland. Everything I hear about it seems like it's only gotten uh, stranger. 
Right. When, I, when I was there, it was strange as hell, too. I could tell stories about Portland for years. That, that it's, a, it's a funky little town. I had an opinion then of people of Oregon. And this was 18-year-old shithead me. Um, but I always thought, like in Boston or uh, New England, if people thought you were an asshole, you would know they thought you were an asshole. Oh, yeah. They don't have to actually say it, but by the way that they spoke to you and treated you, you would know that they thought you were a jerk off. And in Oregon, you would never know because they all smiled and shook your hand and said, What's up, T? What's up, bro? Really? So and just then, fake as shit. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. I hate that, man. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather just tell me to my face. Yeah. I I, that was my opinion then. I, I'd like to go back and see the freak show, but. They also had the best bud in the world at the time, for sure. And they also had the best beers. <laughs> I mean, it was a good place to be a 19-year-old fuck stick uh, by himself. Right. Right. Did you have a fake ID? No. All my roommates were 22 or older. Oh, nice. Well, that helps. <laughs> that, that's, yeah. that's all you need there. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Right when on. I moved off campus, that was interesting. Was your, was your uh, life ever represented in an episode of Portlandia? Uh, yes, I've been in many of those scenarios <laughs> and met those weird people. We used to get weed from this farmer. <laughs> we would drive outside of the city limits to, I don't know, I'd have to look at a map and I'd be able to tell you, but we drive out legit farm. You pull up, you know, there's 12 dogs, four chickens running with the dogs, a pack of cats to the right. And then some animal that I, the dude had to explain was a fucking emu or something like that. And we went into the barn, went up two levels, and he had, he was like, what kind of herb you like? And he pulled out three fucking ounces of different kinds. Wow. One was like neon fucking lit up the room green. Uh, one was like a sticky turd-like buds, you know what I mean? Brown goodness. <laughs> wow. And then another kind was like this crazy, and this was like a 90 fucking four too. Like, right, that's I a was different, like, what yeah. is going on? And then he had a, a worm thing <laughs> behind it. And he said he was making mushrooms in the back. And wow. then he lived with a family. He was just like this hippie who looked like a farmer. Because, I mean, hippies look like fucking farmers. Sure. <laughs> and uh, Very little difference. Oh, it was crazy. And we got the best bud ever. I mean, we went to outer space on that bud for like a month. Oh, I could only imagine. That's... I, and on this farm, he had some weed. E I E I O. Like that's back then, man. It was if amazing. you if you had stuff like that, you know, when we were in in high school and around that age, it was like hydro. That's what we called well, it. It you, was like hydro. Like if you had the super crazy, because somebody had to have like grown it. Most of the stuff was like compressed brick, and yeah. very rarely, you know, did we get anything like that being in Michigan. And so, something like that back then. Wow, that would have been yeah. That I was been straight amazing. out of high school too, so that was like an experience I never forgot. I always was like, "This is fucking cool." There's something just cool about this right here, 100%. and it's really, it's really. I don't know. It was really Oregon, you know. I think I, I think I misjudged the city, and I don't think that's really true anymore. That I think there's real people and fake people wherever the fuck you go. It doesn't like for me to say oh. that people in Portland are all shady liars. It's not. It's not real. 
Well, that is your experience looking back on it yeah. as, as a 19-year-old kid, how you felt. I, I get that. You know, sure, there's a lot of things that you feel. You look back on it and think, well, that probably wasn't true, but that's how I felt then. That was the experience for me. Yeah. You know, I, so, all right. So you went there. So you're in Portland for a while. And then what? how'd you get out of there? What happened? Um, I failed out of school, um, came back. <laughs> lived at my mom's house, my stepfather, and uh, I got a job as a uh, what my uncle calls a PTE. He goes, "Hey T, you still uh, you a PTE out there in uh, Sudbury?" What's a PTE? And I said, uh, "What's a PTE?" <laughs> and he said, "Petroleum transfer engineer." <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, I still work at that gas station." <laughs> How? Okay, so let me ask you this: How was that for you when you when you had to come back home? You you failed out of school. Were your parents cool about it? Whereas was it? If if I'm it, honest, if I'm honest about mm-hmm. it, it yeah. was a godsend for me because I was doing I, I did some really hardcore drugs out there. Mm-hmm. Really pushed the limits of my uh, <clears throat> my being. I mean, I we smoked crack, crank, meth, fucking everything. Okay, we went hard. Sure, we were in the paint and we went hard to the net. <laughs> And when I when I left, I was like, good, because I left it all behind me. It was all there. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going to the East Coast again where I knew everybody and none of my friends had ever even come close to meth or uh, some of them had done a little bit of blow, but not crack or didn't learn how to make rock cocaine, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I did in college. Hey, well, everybody has different uh, college experiences. I, I think that if you're somebody that's been into it, especially from a young age, um, you take it to the collegiate level. When you're 19, a lot of people do. And so either you're going to to recognize the scenario and and get out or you're you're just going to head down that path and be trapped there forever and i think that's a lot of people find it right around that age it changed yeah it it, changed changes lives big time uh, it changed who i was it really really changed who i was because i uh i came back and thought i had seen something you know knew something different than the people i'd gone to high school with who i never really liked anyway and that's kind of why i dipped out and went to the furthest place where i didn't know anybody my cousin was out there, but I only met up with him like three times. He's like, he was 26 or something at the time. So we were very different in, uh, I don't know, where our heads were at. That's interesting. We have we have similar stories. That's funny. Yeah. All right, so you're back home. You're a gas station guy. Yeah. And you're, you're how old now? Like 20, 21? Uh, yeah. Yeah, 19. No, 19, 20, because I was 18 when I went to college. Oh, okay. So when I came back, I was 19 still. All right. And then uh, 20. And then I went to Dean Junior College, uh, where I had one of the greatest experiences of my life in a real college setting. You know, it was a small college. Um, I had a blast, made some of my best friends, like people I love uh, from that college, and had a real college experience. And uh, in Franklin, Massachusetts, Dean College, I believe, and this could have just been rumor, I believe Hillary Clinton went there. That's interesting. Yeah. What What were you majoring in? Uh, first, I was a journalist uh, major because when I lived in Portland, me and uh, 
my boy JD, <laughs> Jonathan Davis, not the lead singer from Corn. Um, that would have been that would have made the story a little different. Yeah, yeah, it would have changed things. Uh, no, he used to. He was a writer. He had a big, bad, bad stutter. <laughs> Again, I'll tell stories about that at some point. I'm really not ashamed of like my drug past. I don't do much now. I'm pretty much dad. Hang out, have a drink here or there, smoke a little ganja here or there. Everybody has a past, man. Yeah. That's, just, that's yeah, yeah. all right. But this show is honest. This yeah. show is about honesty and not hiding. And uh, you'll you'll get the truth from us, as yeah. far as we know. You know, if, if true we, story. If we're, yeah, you know, if we're wrong about a fact or two, that's, that's going to happen. But yeah, <laughs> to the best of our knowledge, we're going to present true stories. It's, yeah, we may eventually try to get ourselves organized and you know have a uh, laptop, somebody looking up stuff if we want to get the facts correct. If more than uh, you know. The eight friends who listen to pod podcasts listen to this. Eight's uh, a big number. I would be cool with eight. You know, no, I'd be could, super if, excited. If we can get eight, that'd be great. And we'll give shout outs to uh, everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whoever listens to our podcast. There could be T-shirts. We don't know for sure the yeah. stuff that could happen. It, it's going to get crazy. <laughs> it could be. It could be a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it could be interesting. All right. So that's my basic uh, we'll we'll stop there with me. You tell us something about you. You from uh, the Big D? The Big Dallas? No, I'm from. <laughs> D- <laughs> Is that the Big D? Yeah. Oh. No, I'm. Yeah, I'm from Detroit. Uh, let's see, man. I, I've had a billion jobs. I got to tell you, this is yeah, I have too. It's 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 crazy. Um, but yeah, I I grew up uh, in the suburbs of Detroit, and uh, when uh partied a lot you know in in high school we were always the partiers i got along with everybody but when we came to a a party it was the stoners are here the stoners are here says me and my little group and uh but i i I wrestled i played baseball you know i was always so i got along good with everybody um but i partied a lot you know i i I barely i graduated with a 2.25 but yet i got a 26 on my acts so I, i just i never did any of my homework and my parents were it was a battle you know um, come to find out my mom, you know, smokes pot a little bit and likes to party and stuff. It's nothing that you realize when you're, when you're younger, but my stepdad was a, was a hardcore scotch alcoholic, but very against the drug scene and, and everything else. And I used to smoke cigarettes. So it was just always a battle and hiding and everything. And Don't my parents love the, the parallel of like a guy who just drinks himself to death is like, drugs are bad. Yeah. Weed's bad. It's yeah. like, I have what yeah it's super old school and it's it's how people were raised it's it's a guy like that that. my family mm -hmm. you know i i get it he's hardcore uh was raised the way he was raised you know and looking back at it now i feel like uh, totally different about it not about his drinking or whatever that is what it is but i i look back at it and i think the shit that he used to get mad about and and him disciplining us and uh, and i see it in myself thinking I get it now, you know, all that stuff that maybe you didn't understand and you thought was what, this, you know, you get it now. So it's interesting to, when you come upon that realization. Um, but so my parents, the, the point is, is that my parents weren't too happy with my drip party and whatnot. And so they sent me to school wow, in Tennessee, uh, where I had a cousin that lived there yeah. and, um, and she had a son who was, uh, a few years younger than me. And uh, so this is a small town in Tennessee, 5,000 people. 3,000 of that was the school. Um, I was 19. I'd started off doing some community college 
um, around Detroit and just flunking out, going to the arcade instead of going to school, pretending like I was going and just hiding, sleeping in my truck. Just I don't even know where I was. I just I want to say that I think we're a pro arcade podcast. Oh, yeah. When I was a kid, I lived at the arcade. Yeah, we're for it. uh, Yeah. Big time. I still go. Pinball Hall of Fame in Vegas is probably one of the greatest places on earth. It is awesome, and my kids really love it. And I'll, I actually got to thank Joe Smith for that because oh. he was like, you've never been there? And I was like, no. He's like, all right, we'll go. And his daughter showed up and stuff. Oh, so cool, man. Yeah. Uh, they can be one of our sponsors. I don't know if he has sponsorships because he does it all for charity. But. Yeah, that's even better. Right. Um, so... Uh, so I went to this small uh, town in Tennessee, figuring that there would be, you know, but as soon as you get there, you know, you just find the people. There's yeah. there's, there's drugs oh, and partying everywhere you go. And of course. If you're not ready to give it up, and then you find it. And uh, so I, I went to school down there for a while. Um, my I lived in the dorms. My second semester, I couldn't afford to go back. Uh, my parents were making me pay for it. And because I had so much... Uh, my ACT scores were high. I had earned a scholarship. I had earned a scholarship for a public service announcement I produced in high school. And I got denied all that because my dad made too much money. And so I had no way to prove it that I was paying for myself. So I couldn't afford to go back. So I too became a PTE uh, in, in Tennessee. And I, I didn't go to school, but I just stayed down there. Yeah. I, I got a house with uh, some of my friends that I was going to school with and uh, worked at a gas station. And uh, things went really, really, really bad for me. That was the lowest point in my life. Um, I decided to quit my job. I was going to sell drugs. I was going to sell weed. And uh, it just went downhill fast. You know, the guy that I split it with yeah. stiffed me for the money. And it, and it turns out that uh, I'm living in a house with no power, no water, uh, you know, no phone, nothing. It's just a shell of a house. We're going to the bathroom in the backyard. If we got to go to number two, we're going to Wendy's. And uh, we ended up getting on food stamps. Yeah. And uh, it was just the lowest point in my life. And um, I left that part out about Portland because uh, by the time I moved back, I'd moved off campus for six months. I lived with uh, a bunch of guys. And by the end, we they had shut off all the electricity in the apartment. We were living by candlelight, still getting drugs and just getting fucked up. It was weird. It was weird living with a two guys and uh, a guy and his girlfriend <laughs> monkey and fucking i forgot yeah that was it was pretty low that's why i was happy to come back yeah it's uh for me i, I ended up meeting up with a guy uh i don't know if he made it or what but he, he had he had uh, crank it was orange yeah and uh no crank <laughs> and uh he he had it and i never paid for it or anything but i just hung out with him he owned like this ra- this uh home theater store in town in a in tennessee like in this town like i, I don't even know how he could have made any money on it. i don't know but his mom had just passed away and like he had this property with a trailer on it in the middle of nowhere and like we were just going through all his mom's stuff just on crank and it was like going like it was like a dream for somebody on that because it's like you just going through all this stuff and trying to find stuff of value and like it was just crazy and um it was a really bad part of my life and i lost like phew, 20 something pounds in, in a matter of a few weeks on it because you can't eat and it was just it was really bad and then finally I said you know what I just had enough I'd gotten a new puppy and uh me and her name was peyote and uh, we packed up everything I could fit in my car and we just bailed and I drove back to Michigan and I got my life uh back on track but I I feel like I had to hit that point 
to realize that I would never want to be there again. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think a lot, I, I think a lot m- more people get to that point where you're like, this is, this is where the low is <laughs> and climb back from that and realize how they want to live. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, <clears throat> I'm glad I experienced just about everything in my life. Me too. I don't like it when it's happening. <laughs> right. But uh, when you when you power through something, when you make it through, it changes you for forever. And Absolutely. if you make it, if you make it good, it can change you good forever. I don't uh, know. That's right. Trial by fire. It's real life, and I think uh, I think it's real. I think it's honesty. I think a lot more people go through things and they're just not willing to share. Yeah. I think a lot of people are are closed off and see. But I I always say like, you want to know something about me? Just ask me. You want to know something about one of my friends? Go ask them. Right, <laughs> right, I don't, that's right. I don't tell stories about other people. I got enough stories about my own stupid life that I don't need to go gossiping about somebody else's fucking life. That's right. And I would never say something about you that I'm, I'm not going to say to your face. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's much more fun that way. You get a reaction. Right. I know. <laughs> Come Are on, you, man. Oh, they didn't like that. <laughs> uh so yeah, so so now I moved back and uh, I had a lot of jobs. I bartended most of my life. I was either in the restaurant. I grew up. My parents uh, owned a, a restaurant bar, so I grew up in it. And uh, so I always had jobs as either a bus boy or a waiter, bartended for a long time. I had construction jobs, you name it. I've done it. And uh, I, I was working in roofing. Um, I, I had a, uh, was doing commercial roofing and I had a side. I had a roofing business. Um, I did a lot of work with my cousins and, um, the casinos came to town and I, and I thought, all right, I'll give it a shot. Why not? You know, they, they were coming to town. They had a big thing in the paper that they were hiring and they were going to put us to school. And so I thought, uh, well, okay, why not? I'll give it a shot. And sure enough, I got hired. Uh, you know, we went to school for several months and then we did mock casino and then we opened up at, at, uh, bless you. We opened up at half capacity, and um, for a while there was a, a line out front of people just waiting to get in because yeah. they we, they wouldn't unleash it upon us, you know. And uh, so that was my start into the business. I think I was 20, 25, uh, 24, 25, in that area. I yeah, don't I was know. 25. I think I was 25. So if I'm 43 now, I'm going to say 18 years then. Yeah. There you go. We're on the same, yeah, because, I, I mean, I started when I was 25. Um, in that that January, I think I started blackjack class. Casino. But go on, I'm sorry. And that's how you got into the <laughs> casino for the casino. Casino. Cas- <laughs> casi- casino. Oh, yeah. yeah. You'll hear that a lot throughout yeah. this. We're uh, gonna have to edit out the names of uh, casinos because we don't want any uh, litigation. Any liability. That's right. If we have an opinion about a place that we go to, that's one thing. But any place that we've worked in the past, yeah. we would like to keep that anonymous. If you want to take your guesses, that's up to you. But you yeah. won't hear it from us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I had a uh, similar <clears throat> when I lived in Portland. I, I left that out. I figured <laughs> talk about enough shit. But when I was in Portland, uh, yeah, I was doing a lot of heavy drugs and we lived in but we wrote a lot. So the point is I got back, I went to uh, Dean and I was a journalist major. 
I was a psychology ma major out in Portland, and I was a journalist major when I came back here because we didn't have any electricity. So I read a lot. <laughs> the uh, World Wide Web, the internet was there, but it wasn't, and we certainly weren't getting it where we were. Right, like the, yeah, the, the, I know. The idea of Wi-Fi was like uh, hi-fi. People <laughs> yeah. just thought you were saying it wrong, you know? <laughs> Fucking, uh, but I read a lot of Hunter S. Thompson, a lot of Kerouac, a lot of Beat Generation. Um, I also read uh, like a bunch of Toni Morrison, <laughs> which is really different. Uh, I don't know Toni Morrison. She's a, a, a very, she won all kinds of awards for, uh, she's a black writer, she writes about, um, what was the one I read? I think it was about slavery, basically, a slave growing up, and, and it's really in their mind. It's it's crazy the way she writes. Anyway, it's interesting. I read a lot when I was out there. And uh, so when I came back, I was a journalist major. I wanted to be Hunter S. Thompson. I wanted to do drugs and write. <laughs> sure. But the problem is uh, doing both at the same time is very difficult. <laughs> yeah, he was a rare breed. Yeah. So I, I stayed at Dean. Um, I got there second semester. I had a, a great time. I, I kind of scouted out the area, though, and looked around at people to decide who I wanted to be friends with. And uh, I don't know. I met one of my best friends, uh, Chad Gallagher, because he was listening to G-Love and Special Sauce in his room. And nice. I didn't think anybody else knew who the fuck that was. So I was like, this dude's all right. My baby's got sauce. Yeah, so I rolled in and I was like, I like cool beverage, yeah. I like cool beverage, yeah. Uh-huh. Something from the bar. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, stick I made... Stick it in the fridge. Stick it in the fridge. <laughs> stick it in the fridge. Stick, stick it, in, it the in the fridge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love I love music. I should say that about myself. And uh, Spike, uh, I think that's one of our big bonds. Too. Yeah, we make that makes two of us. Yeah. Music. I would music. love to do music, but I think it's being done way more than uh, than than anything else and uh yeah. also uh probably by more knowledgeable people but uh i think i do we do share a love of that so we'll, de we'll definitely throw that in there that's part of the yeah. stuff category yes <laughs> yes there's <laughs> gonna be a lot in the stuff category but we <laughs> but the structure of the show is we're gonna start it off with the casino story between us we have 36 years in casinos and counting <laughs> yeah um, ongoing and we are going to throw out a, a wacky story that's either like behind the curtain type shit. So like behind uh, for anybody who doesn't work in a casino on the gaming floor. Um, show you uh, just tell stories about how ridiculous some of it can be and how <laughs> how serious people think it is. And it's not that serious. Sure. Um, and then just wacky stories, too, about crazy people we run into. I mean. It's safe to say we live in Nevada, and uh, we see, <laughs> I mean, it's Girls Gone Wild every night. Yeah, oh, yeah, uh, even, on a, just, even on a Wednesday. Yeah, sure. there's always something interesting going on. Mm -hmm. I say, uh, just stick around, come back at 2, just walk around the casino and, and see what you see. That's all you got to do. Right. It's like going to a zoo where you're not fully protected, so like you can touch the animals. <laughs> but you, you, I, I, people just have this idea in their head about what Las Vegas is. And yeah. it's one of the only places in the world where Wednesday, Batman and Superman are going to be sitting on your table, high five and uh, a transvestite with a, it's my birthday, 
sash on like and it, like it's no big deal like hey whatever it's cool you know it is it's true just, it, it, people it, do this crazy stuff that they would never do in their in their own hometown like, yeah and then know. and then you'll get like the <laughs> the gun toted you know like the guys in full camo gear walking around with nascar shirts walking by that same crew of spider-man batman and trannies and they're both looking at each other a little bit funny but they just keep moving right i mean it's proof that we can get along you don't have to fucking if you just shut your mouth and don't you don't have to have an opinion and other people don't need to know your fucking opinion all the time either Right. Well, and the thing about casinos is people didn't want to mess around because they're worried about what's going to happen. There's still that mystique to it. But I think the further we get away from the mob days, the braver people are becoming. Because if you go 30 years ago, people rarely got out of line because they knew what was going to happen or, or maybe more than 30 years ago. But, you know, nowadays people aren't. But they still there's still that. They aren't really sure exactly what kind of trouble they're going to get into in the casinos. It's uh, true. It is kind of off limits, so they de- they're not sure what goes and what doesn't go. <clears throat> so you get, but it, but that that fear stays in people's heads. <laughs> right, right, and it's up to us to keep it there. Yes, watch out. I'm very lucky that I'm an East Coast guy because I, I lean into that shit a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. When you're in a suit and a, and you're a supervisor in a casino, you have to <laughs> kind of pretend to have this control when there's some truths behind that that make me feel like we have no fucking control. Sure, right, but it's, uh, I still, you know, I, f- I cling to some old school mentalities or some East Coast mentality that... Yep. I, I don't let anybody, I don't know if it's East Coast, to, but I don't let anybody mess with the dealers. I don't like that. You just have to be respectful. I don't, it's important for me to, for people to be respectful to the people that I, I work with. I don't know. Yeah, no, I uh, agree. And it, and it goes the same way around too. You can't have uh, somebody that's a dealer being disrespectful to the players. Yeah, 100%. either. You know what I mean? So I think that goes both ways. I don't know. It's, uh, it's it's crazy how far I've come from my first day in the business. Yeah, me and you both. <laughs> Just thinking, wow. You know, I, I remember being in school and in, in casino school and they would come around and they would they would try to hand us money. And if you took the money from their hands, they would you would be busted. Like, oh ooh, you took the oh, money really? from somebody's oh, hand. Oh, I got like, you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We were all we were like that too. No money from hand. Now I see <laughs> Dealers just fucking snap the money out of their hands. Uh, TK I, just grabs money out of people's hands, and it's okay. Yeah, that's yeah, that's TK. He's on a whole different level of of casino service. Uh, hey, whatever. You know what? Yeah. She she makes tokes, and people love her. And so there, there's nothing you can say about that. They're just you know she is. Um, she's the female Jared, I think. You know, Jared. No, but Jared, Jared. Jared does his job, gets his job done. Like he, when I'm, I'm relief all the fucking time, and I'm relief for Jared. And I was wondering about that for a while. Jay gets his shit done. Like his pit's always fine. He's never missing anything. He knows where everything is. Who has it? You know what I mean? I don't question that for a minute. Yeah. I, I Tk on the other hand gets herself in trouble. And if if a guy doesn't think she's funny, she loses it. 
Oh yeah. Yep. See up. See, I, I don't work with her all that much, or, or at least I, when I'm there, I, there's usually no problems, but I, I guess I could see that. Nah, I don't question that about Jared at all. I, I feel like the only way that you can do the things that, that he does is if you do those things. Because mm-hmm. then otherwise it doesn't fly. Yeah. You know? So I, they were having a dance off the other day outside. <laughs> that was the funniest thing ever, man. I don't know if you saw it or not, but it was, uh, it was so funny. <laughs> He's so ridiculous. <laughs> so funny. That's so why funny. I like working where we work because they too. encourage that. They really I do. do. I, so that's fine. And by people me. come back for that all the time. People ask me about Jared all the time. They're like, uh, you know, they're like, who's that race? That that black guy that does all the dancing and stuff. Like, <laughs> I'm like, wow. Wow. What am I talking to right now? I'm like, his name's Terrence. <laughs> Which is my name, if this uh, is the first podcast. It's my actual <laughs> name is Terrence. <laughs> yeah, we get a awesome. lot. We get a lot of that in the casino. A lot of accents that make you sound racist. You, you yeah. might not be racist at all. But we, I, there's a lot of accents that make you sound racist. And the Deep South is definitely one of them. Right. It just is. It just is. That's uh, It could be the most fucking uh, like open-hearted human being who has no hate for anybody. But you're like, nah, real funny. Real funny, funny, funny black guy. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know why that sounds racist when you say it. Yeah, I get it. Well, because <laughs> it's just ingrained in your soul to... To, because that's the way it was. The South was was for slavery. And, yeah, you think the Civil just, War still right. plays a part in Americans' brains? Right. You know, it, it's that stuff. People act like it was eight thousand years yeah. ago. It really wasn't that far. True. It was one hundred and fifty you know. years right. ago. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there we had was slavery, the, so it's really not. Yeah. Right. right. Segregation was still well and alive less than seventy years ago. Yeah. So, it's true. Know. All right. All right. Let's get back on point so what? <laughs> huh? i know i know i'm just saying like a uh, origin story shit so of course I'll, I'll sum that up because we'll get into college and all kinds of stories and anything anything in my life is pretty much just i'll talk about sure <clears throat> um so i went to dean i got kicked out for fighting uh, that's a long story um and then i moved in with one of my then i moved out to wyoming uh, worked in the Grand Tetons National Park. Doing what? Um, cooking. Okay. Uh, I had dreads at the time. <laughs> I hid them in my hat. Nice. Um, so people didn't know until I took off my hat, and then they were like, what the fuck just happened? Because <laughs> I had a really big hat <laughs> that I had to wear, and I had to make sure that they weren't shown. Um, I'm picturing like a 10-gallon chef hat. No, no, it, it was a baseball cap, but it was brand new, and I kept the uh, padding in there, so it made it stay straight up. Oh, okay. So it looked really dumb because people didn't know I had hair under there, but yeah. You looked like Chance the Rapper, but <laughs> you were you were T the cooker? Yeah, I was. I was teabagged the, the uh, pizza cooker, rotisserie chicken. Mm. <laughs> yeah, at uh, Lake, or what was it, uh, Jackson Lake Lodge. And uh, Coulter Bay is where I worked, actually. It's still there. I mean, if you go into the Tetons, it's a massive corporate campground. So I got kicked out of there because <laughs> um, I told the uh, the 
GM or whatever to go fuck his mother or something like that. But really because my roommate who I moved out there with um, had lit up one of the dorm hallways with a fire extinguisher. (laughs) And the chick who had to clean it up told on him. And uh, Schmully, my boy, (laughs) is the best. So I had to quit. So I got the chance to tell the dude to go fuck himself. Oh, yeah. So I did because I was quitting anyway. Then I worked at a campground, a KOA. (laughs) I got to clean shitters. Ooh. Yeah. Think about bad jobs. Think about the worst job you've ever had. And I put that up there with a lot. I had to keep clean campground. Um, we had some porta potties, but we had, we also had bathrooms. But those are the bathrooms I had to clean, and it was awful at I six do. in the morning. Oh yeah. Oh. But goddamn, was it pretty? Wyoming is fucking amazing. You'd wake up and you'd be like, "What the? F- oh my god!" You look up and the mountains are just staring at you. I don't know. I anyway. It's got to be gorgeous. I could only imagine. It's that. fucking unreal. Like you don't know how pretty this country is until you live somewhere like Oregon, Wyoming, New England too. I look back now. New England is amazing. But uh, so then I moved back, moved in with uh, my boy Chad, who I went to college with, who was listening to G Love and Special Sauce. I moved in at URI and started working down there. I uh, I, I bumped through a bunch of kitchens down there because at some point I worked at Sky, which was a nice restaurant in uh, Sudbury. So I thought I could cook. I was all right. Um, I... Then broke my hand in a little fight. <laughs> uh, I have three. This, this seems to be a theme. <laughs> I know. Telling it, trying to sum it up real quick. It's funny. It's like a fight till the dude to go fuck his mother. Um, <laughs> so I have three screws in my hand. So I was out of work. And the owner of that place um, uh, wasn't the guy I broke my hand on. But I had picked him up by his throat. Uh, so we weren't on the best terms. And then... Um, my dad was passing away of <sighs> cancer and, uh, I was out of work and I was, so I, I applied it, uh, my buddy Ken, who I knew from Narragansett, Rhode Island, um, big shout out to Gansett. I love that shit, little town, but, um, my boy Ken was like, Hey, they're hiring at the casino. Since I had a cast, I couldn't work anyway. I was collecting unemployment. And I was getting $147 a week. Ugh. <laughs> Wait, is that good or bad? It's I, I don't not know. good. That's not good. All it's right. It's not okay. good. That's like... Uh, I had to think about what that was no. like when I was 25. Was that bad? It was fucking brutal. So my dad was passing away. So I went and lived at my aunt's and commuted from Cambridge down to Connecticut. And uh, my dad passed away and I got a job at the casino. And that's where it began. My casino experience. Uh, there's a lot of uh, layers of fucking stories in there that I could tell at any time. I've never summed any of those things up that quickly, like got in a fight. <laughs> well, that was that was a very quick summation. Yeah, we'll go back. Yeah, this the first podcast would be 98 hours long if we. Yeah, that's what I mean. I just wanna, things. I just wanna get the basics out there so we don't have to go back and and uh, attack it, address it again. Do you know what I mean? Like I just wanna. Get the basics of uh, how we got into casinos, kind of where we grew up. Sure. Yeah. So just people know where we're coming from. Um, that's interesting. So how did you, with a cast on your hand, how did you do dealing school? Like how did that work? I I applied. Um, 
and then I applied. I think I still had the cast on, and they took it off, like, right after I applied. So I was okay. Oh, right on. I actually broke it again as soon as I got the cast off. Oh, jeez. At a festival at a great, no, where was it? Foxbro? I think it was at Foxbro, yeah. Yeah, it was Foxbro Stadium. I went and saw Marilyn Manson. And I'll never forget that, like, Aerosmith came on uh, before him. And Manson came on, and there wasn't what? a cloud in the fucking sky. That's weird that Aerosmith would open up for, for Marilyn Manson. Well, they didn't open. It was a festival, and I guess Manson wanted to go when it was dark, I think is what it was. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, <coughs> Henry Rollins described um, the Marilyn Manson concert. Uh, I think it was one of the Lollapaloozers or something as as a bunch of uh, dead-looking guys having a barbecue because the this, this smoke and everything doesn't really work during the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, my God. I love Henry Rollins. Yeah. Oh. Rollins, is, if Rollins is the best. That like is, There's something so abnormal about that guy. Like, oh. Uh, the way that he lives his life is it's just amazing. Is amazing. It's yeah. incredible. It is amazing. He writes all the fucking time, reads and listens to music and just doesn't give a fuck and has enough money. He's now, you know, just does his thing. Yeah. He still he still says though that he that he's always uh on the verge of getting his next job basically is that, you know, he doesn't really know, you know. He's always looking for work and I don't know, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, uh, I'm reading one of his books, which is basically all the L.A. Weekly articles that he writes every week. Yeah, I heard uh, about in long book. form, and it's pretty great. Uh, anyways, he's he's interesting. Uh, I would love to be able to do any kind of radio, even half as good as what that guy does. Yeah, yeah, he has a real voice. He has a real uh, pride in who he is and and his perspective. And it, he's very well thought out in his perspective. Do you know what I mean? He's he's rambled it around from different angles. Super intelligent. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And completely and totally drug-free. That always surprises yeah, me. Yeah. Always has been, too. He was forced to take Ridlin when, it, when he was a kid, when he was like eight or something. And uh, that fucked him up, I think, for long enough where he was just like, fuck this. I'm not putting anything in my body. I could figure it out. Yeah, that's right. And that's, that's amazing because I, I just always assumed otherwise. that You just always do. Really, with any rock stars, yes. especially people that are like as like hardcore as he was, you just assume yeah. like it's got to be. How can you be the psycho lead singer of Black Flag right. and not be drinking every night? Exactly. And to, to, to listen to the stuff that he's went through, like in the Get in the Van, um, I actually listened to it. I know it's a book, but I, I, I listened to his audio re- yeah. uh, book of it. That's it's, all it's I listen in to his now, voice. Really, and it's. Audio. it's Oh my God! What they went through, and and to find out that he's totally a sober guy was was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's crazy. Rollins is the shit. But uh, no, uh, the point being, I Marilyn Manson came on, and clouds came, and all of a sudden there was this huge thunder and lightning storm right behind Manson, like legit. Ugh. And we're at Fox, bro. And uh, oh, I got in the pit, <laughs> of course. For some other band too, it was a uh, uh, WBCN River Rave, I think they called it, or maybe that was AAF. Anyway, one of the radio stations put it up. I got in the pit, and this dude uh, <laughs> just hip checked me across the whole fucking pit, and then like pointed and laughed. So I stood up, and we fought, <laughs> <laughs> and he started bouncing on his toes, <laughs> like 
Like, obviously, he could fight. Right. But he was much smaller than me. Like, I, I don't know. I'm I'm six feet. I was 200 and change pounds then. And uh, <coughs> he uh, started bouncing and shit. And he was probably, I don't know, five eight, five nine, and uh, muscular, but skinny. <laughs> so we went at it. I threw a big haymaker. I think he hit me in the face probably three times, but I followed through <laughs> and clocked him. And then uh, we got broken up and whatever. But I was so mad because I felt like he had won the fight that I waited outside the pit. And then when he I tapped him on the shoulder and fucking knocked his dick in the dirt, punched him as hard as I could. My boy picked up his visor and grabbed his two friends and uh, pushed them back. And then we just took off. Oh. <laughs> but I broke my hand again. Uh. I got my cast off a week before, I think. And I broke it. And then I put it back in. Oh. <laughs> I put the bone, bone or joint or whatever the fuck it was back in there. You did it yourself? Yeah. Oof. And I've been, and that was fucking, I don't know, 18 years ago. <laughs> now every time it rains, he cries like a baby. I do. I do. I squeal. I shit myself. Um, <laughs> it's not cool uh, for people around me. For me, it feels good. I don't care. I, that, that's why he's moved to the desert. That's it. Knock on this wood table right here. I never broke a bone. Not ever. That's the only bone that I've really broken. I've broken my knuckles because that happens, but they don't count. I'm attributing to luck. I don't think I have any superpowers, but I've taken some bad wipeout skiing. I've been run over. It's, ugh. Shit, last lucky. week. Last week, jumping in a slide with my five-year-old, I thought I broke my neck. Oh. Yeah, I had a moment where I was like, oh, no. <laughs> What'd you just do? That Yeah, that's it's scary. I, yeah. I didn't think, that, actually, at, at your son's last birthday party, I thought I destroyed my knee. I just heard a noise, and I thought, uh-oh. What's it going to be like when I try to stand up? Is this, is it done? And and luckily it was it ended up being okay, but it hurt real bad for yeah. a few days, man. My knees are are definitely I might not have broken a bone, but my knees are, are history. Yeah, yeah, we're all fucking. What do they say? Uh, everybody's getting older, even the fucking Mona Lisa. That's oh, true. It's from some movie. Yeah, even the Mona Lisa's getting. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah, I got nothing. All right, so. You got hired there. All right. Yep. Yep. I started there as a blackjack dealer. I went to 12 weeks of blackjack class to learn procedure Mm -hmm. and everything else. You had to get your license from Connecticut, which at the time, I guess, was one of the harder licenses to get. Um, So I got my gaming license, passed blackjack, tried to sign up for craps class because you had to take another 12-week course. To, ta- to deal craps You had to have it on your license And that's what the state mandates Wow Yeah um, Same with blackjack But blackjack we learned all the novelty games They car- they call them carnival games out here Sure um, <coughs> I was going to say 12 weeks of blackjack Oh my god I would shoot my face yeah. off It was like uh, I think it was 8 weeks of blackjack Procedure <laughs> Just dealing <laughs> fucking Oh it was awful 4 hours a day 5 days a week <laughs> And my dad was passing away, and I was commuting two hours <sighs> to Cambridge uh, to live in the house of my aunt, my uncle, and my my dad. So it was a really uh, interesting time, a really painful, I don't know, weird time. And uh, I don't know. And then when I was in roulette class, because I took roulette, uh, 9-11 happened. Mm. <laughs> uh 
and we were in Connecticut. They canceled class. And, I mean, I can tell that whole fucking story of where I was on that day. And uh, we almost do, drove down to New York. Yeah, some, I don't know, taking games wasn't, <laughs> didn't work out well for me. <laughs> wow. But yeah, that's how I started. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't, I th- I, we learned blackjack for like two weeks. Uh, and then everybody separated off into their games. Either I think you went to like carnival games and all that yeah. stuff. Cause I don't even think we had pie gown back then. Yeah. Uh, I, I never learned, learned pie and, but, and really carnival here. games weren't even a thing. You know, I want to say that it was only, um, let it ride and Caribbean stud. Yeah. But I, I think three card poker got invented while I started there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It came out shortly after. Um, I remember when it first came to casino, we yeah. thought it was the newest game in the country. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true. That's just what I thought. Well, we were we were the biggest baddest at the time. Sure, uh, I you know so we uh, and then you went to roulette. Or I went to dice. Um, you know everybody kind of went to their separate things. So I, I taught myself roulette out here. Yeah. And luckily for nine one for nine eleven, uh, I had just moved to. I got my job at the beginning of the company I work for now, and uh, it was one of the only casinos on the strip that didn't lay off after 9-11 so i just happened to be at the right place at the right time because i just started there i'd started there in may yeah and then in september was right around the corner and i woke up thinking oh my god i was on day shift yeah and i and i had to go i went to work i thought do i go to work or or what man what a what a crazy day yeah it was insane it was insane i was uh i had to get an oil change and i always listen to the radio i still do i just listen to the radio and uh, I left my house, and this chick across the street, I lived in Narragansett, Rhode Island, and uh, this chick across the street had uh, started to walk up the street. We'd talked a few times, and I was like, you need a ride? So she was like, yeah. Um, and I was like, where are you going? She was going to campus, the URI. It's right on my way. So I had her jump in. I turned the radio all the way down. Um, and then... <clears throat> I uh, dropped her off at the campus. We chatted the whole time. You know what I mean? So I never, I didn't know anything was going on. And this was at, I don't know, I guess I could probably time it exactly because it was like 9.15 or something, you know? Um, and then I dropped her off, went to the place to get my oil changed, looked up at the TV and I went, is this real? Because the tower was falling when I was looking up. And I didn't understand what was going on. I had no idea. Um, I don't know if I got my oil change. Yeah, I think I did. I think I just had it done and watched the TV or maybe they, I don't know. It's a blur. I don't know if, uh, I don't know if I ever got my oil changed. They said they were closed. Who knows? Right. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. Looking back on it now, I, I couldn't have seen it live because I was already here. Yeah. So, and I was working day shift. So even if I got up, at 10 o'clock in the morning, it would have already been one o'clock there. Yeah. Uh, and it had already happened, but still just to see it, like it was just, it was surreal. It, you know? I mean, it, it was, we're, we're a very fortunate country, knock on wood to have never had a tragedy like that, uh, in the continental United States to be attacked like that. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, <coughs> Hawaii seems like a different country, um, when you're there, you know, yeah. even though it's, it's American soil, it, it feels, uh, it feels different, you know. I don't know. Well, that's because it's a tropical island, <laughs> right? I mean, 
it's uh, like you said American soil, and I'm like, it's not like any other American soil. I mean, unless you're talking about Guam, I guess. Right. That's not a state. Right. Yeah, we got some territories out there. We just wanted to be like Canada and have our own territory. Yep. Uh, I have no idea how long we've been talking for. I made the mistake of not looking. Oh, really? Like when we started? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we can call this an origin story, and we could say uh, thanks for anybody who ever listens to this podcast. It's yeah. appreciated. I don't yeah. know. It's two friends bullshitting and uh, talking about life and, and getting into casino talk, too. Right. Behind well, the curtain shit. But real talk, it's not candy-coated. We're not trying to impress anybody or change anybody's world. And certainly probably not kid-friendly. Yeah, definitely not kid-friendly. Although you may hear some in the background every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> That's true. We... We don't know how uh, kid friendly we are around our own kids, but uh, <laughs> that's yeah. that's 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 for us to decide. We don't want to yeah. force that upon you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are our children. <clears throat> we get to dictate the rules. So we we get it. There wasn't much casino talk, but we figured you'd want to know who we are. Yeah. Uh, so that that's who we are. So we're we're gonna get into it. And, yeah. Uh, a jumping off point. Next week we'll come up with some stories. We'll each have a big story to tell about some absurd thing that happened in the casino whether right. it's in the business or just some player uh, also we will be having uh pretty regular uh guest appearances people in the business yep uh little hearing stories from them so you don't get entirely sick of us all the time so, uh, yeah some friends will definitely stop by we have some interests already <laughs> we don't have a social media presence we're our first episode but yeah. we're gonna work on it when we're, we figure it out we're we're gonna let you know uh-huh true so, we'll get we'll get that going right away all right then all right for me and my friend darth vader <sighs> uh, all right this is uh spike and teabag a couple of morons talking about casinos and stuff and uh we'll see you next week for sure Bye.